This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3711 for Monday, the 24th of October 2022. Today's show is entitled Cars. It is hosted by Zen Floater 2 and is about 34 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is a short review of cars today. Hello to everybody from Zen Floater, your favorite magical forest squirrel, former human being converted into squirrel by aliens in the 1960s, and atheist, with a new Hacker Public Radio broadcast. It's been a year or so since I've done one. I don't do them frequently on Hacker Public Radio, but I decided to do one on the subject of cars, and it is based on Hacker Public Radio 3542, done by Biza over his worst car I ever had. And also, um, I noticed uh, that Dave Morris did one, Hacker Public Radio 3601, on uh, May 23rd, 2022, just a few days after Biza did his. So, we'll uh, go ahead and start off with the Ford Motor Company and talk about what do they have in the way of cars today? Okay, we start with Ford Motor Company. And uh, as soon as you open the website from link A in my notes for Ford Motor Company and then click on the cars uh, selection, you'll see that Ford Motor Company is still selling the Mustang. It starts, its price starts at $27,470, which is really just very high for most people. Uh, if we, we have to click on, um, I, I didn't see, oh, here we are. Click on all vehicles and, uh, you should see that they have several selections of Mustangs. They have one called the Ford GT, which looks like a sports car, which I don't even see a price on. And the Ford GTK, Ford GT MK2. But really, um, I don't see any other vehicles that are that look like cars. They used to sell the Ford Fusion, at least last year, I believe they did. But it appears to me that the Ford Mustang uh, is the only vehicle that you're going to find in the Ford cars that still exists. Ford doesn't make any other cars. Not even small economy cars. Uh, They make a whole bunch of SUVs, but this podcast isn't going to be about SUVs. So next we'll take a look at uh, Chevrolet and see what they have to offer. Okay, if you open the link I've provided in the show notes for Exhibit B, which is Chevrolet, and then you click on the Vehicles tab, and then scroll over with your mouse or your trackpad and click on the Cars tab, you'll see that Chevrolet only has two cars. They have the Chevrolet Spark, which is reasonably priced, starting at $13,600. Now, that's 
more like it for a car, even in today's environment, that would be one that I would recommend you look into. I know several people that own a Spark, and uh, they seem to, to like them. Uh, they could be had for uh, just a little over ten grand. And then the Chevy Malibu, which is also not terribly priced at $23,400. You could probably get it for a lot less. Uh, and it's it's a nice-looking car. So Chevrolet still has two cars that uh, you could possibly own. But, you know, compared to yesteryear when Chevrolet dealerships were just filled with cars, uh, they're not filled with cars anymore. No. I mean, cars are quickly becoming a thing of the past. Now I think it's time we probably go to Dodge. So let me get set up for that. And I'll pause the tape just a second. All right. If we go to... Uh, bullet C on my show notes which is Dodge Motor Company will be startled to find out that Dodge only really has essentially one car even though they've, they've given it two different names uh, they've got the Charger for $32,645 and they got the Challenger for 30940 which is a little bit cheaper but I, I believe they're essentially the same frame car the styling is slightly different they're kind of expensive uh, they're not fuel-efficient vehicles. They're muscle cars. And, you know, Dodge used to have a, a lineup, just like Chevrolet and Ford did, of different vehicles. But they don't seem to have them anymore. I mean, unless you've got the money, you know, and you want to put down fifty grand or whatever on a, a Mustang. or um, Oh, don't forget, Chevrolet still sells, I believe, the... Uh, uh, well, even though I didn't see it on their website, I'm assuming they're still selling the Camaro, but don't hold me to that. And I'm sure the Corvette is still being sold, and it's probably a special order item, you know, $60,000, $70,000. But really, unless you're just super wealthy, you're not buying a car, typically. Uh, still, that uh, that Chevrolet Sprite, uh, the small vehicle for thirteen grand, is is the best American bet we've seen yet and I kind of like the looks of that car you know for the price and everything I would recommend it if you're looking for a first car but that would be about the only one that we've seen so far uh, and you know uh, we can't review Plymouth because Plymouth is gone there's no point in reviewing Jeep Motor Company a subsidiary of Chrysler also because they have no cars they're all uh, SUVs. So we, since we can't review Plymouth, uh, next stop will be Chrysler, and then we'll work back across the board and take a look and see what models uh, the other car companies have that are tier up from the baseline. All right, boys and girls, if we open show note link number D, or letter D, excuse me, uh, Chrysler.com, we see that Chrysler has... Really, uh, possibly two vehicles, but really one. The Chrysler 300 is still being sold. And it's going for about the same price as the uh, Dodge Charger Challenger, $33,740. And they don't even have a price under the Chrysler 300C, which I guess is maybe a step up. And they have another vehicle called the Chrysler Airflow Concept, 
There's no price on that, so I guess that's to be released or something, maybe? Oh, it's an electric vehicle. Okay. I'm going to try to exclude electric vehicles because I'm not covering Tesla in this. I'm just looking for vehicles that uh, people could afford and will be practical. I'll talk about electric vehicles at the end of the segment and what I think of them currently, uh, considering what's going on with uh, electricity and all the governments telling you you can't charge your cars now because we're overloading the system. So we'll get to that toward the end of this. I guess we should move on to, uh, we can't cover Pontiac and Oldsmobile anymore because they don't exist in the GM line. So we'll go with Buick and Cadillac in the next segment. So let me get set up for that. All right, if we open uh, item E on my show notes, that's Buick Motor Company, we'll find that we when we click on their current vehicles for 2023, for that matter, even 2022, Buick doesn't make cars anymore. They're all SUVs, every single one of them. Every single one of them. So, again, uh, Pontiac and Oldsmobile are gone, so... Okay, Google, open Cadillac Motor Company. All right, if you go to show note F, we're going to review Cadillac Motor Corporation. And basically, they have only one car. Uh, it's the CT4 or CT5, depending on whether you're talking about 2022, 2023. And I noticed one of their models starts at 33,695 which is the lowest price one goes all the way up to uh, like $84,000 uh, in price for the CT5-V Blackwing so yeah I don't just don't know that a car is worth that much money I mean you can buy brand new houses in Oklahoma for that and uh, I, I don't think there are many people on Hacker Public Radio that's going to want to buy one. I know I won't because if I'm going to spend that kind of money, 50 grand thereabouts to 60 grand on a vehicle, it's going to be a giant Ford F-350 or, you know, something like that. In fact, I drive a Ford F-150 right now and uh, it's a, a 2012 model and I'm perfectly happy with it. But it's not exactly an economy car and even back in its day in 2012, it was a little pricey for most people. So anyway, one car essentially, just they just changed the model number for Cadillac out of, if we think back over the history of Fleetwoods and, um, and all the other vehicles that Cadillac had, that's just simply amazing that they have only one car now. Let's uh, move on to Lincoln because Mercury is out of business. Uh, Mercury doesn't exist anymore as a company, so we're going to jump to Lincoln uh, Motor Company, of the Ford Motor Company. All right, if we go to show note G, Lincoln Motor Company, we see immediately you can click on whatever you want. Lincoln doesn't make any cars anymore. Uh, I guess 2020 was probably the last year, maybe, or 19 that they made a car. They're all SUVs, every one of them. And it appears that they're all hatchback SUVs. Uh, and also every one of them is a, a five-door. Just different names. 
and that's all you have so you won't even find a car from Lincoln let's uh, take a look at Toyota Nissan and uh, Honda and then we might explore a bit more before we conclude the uh, searching for cars thing okay now going to show note H Toyota Motor Company I was pleasantly surprised to find out that Toyota is still making cars and I would gather it's because people overseas don't necessarily want to pick up truck like here in America you know the F-150 I think is the best-selling vehicle in America right now Ford F-150 vehicle the pickup truck I own and followed by uh, Chevy Silverado I think something like that and then Dodge is in there with their Ram trucks uh, somewhere too I don't know if they're number two yet or not but uh, we find uh, if we go to the car section of Toyota from the website link I gave you, the Prius Prime and Prius is there, and the prices aren't bad. You could have one for in the twenties somewhere, maybe low twenties. Those are both hybrids. You know, they're they're part electric vehicles. And then we have the Corolla, which is also available in a hybrid at twenty-one thousand dollars. That's still a pretty good price. I, w I would recommend the Corolla. I know several people that have had a Corolla. The Corolla Hybrid is, is only at like a grand more, a little over $1,000 more. The Corolla Hatchback, which I'll, I'll go ahead and include that one because it's not an SUV for 2023. Then there's the Camry for $25,945. $26,000 is their asking price. You could obviously get it for less than that probably. However, that's an all-wheel drive also available model. Even though it looks like a car, it's really kind of an SUV. And then of course they got Camry Hybrid. And then Avalon, which is also a nice car, but it's very expensive. Uh, $36,825. And of course, an Ab hybrid. And then one they call the Mirari, I guess it is, for nearly $50,000. Hydrogen powered vehicle, which I don't know if you could even get that in America, but they, they're claiming you can. It's a hydrogen powered fuel cell, zero emission car. I guess if I was going to get one, I'd get a hydrogen powered car, considering the state of batteries, which we'll talk about at the end of the podcast for electric cars. Currently, or isn't too terribly good. Then they have a GR86, which looks like a car coming out in 2023 for high 20s. Don't have any information on that. Uh, GR Super, which looks like some sort of a sports car for $44,000 roughly. The Sienna for $35,385, which is sort of a hatchback car hybrid. And that's about it for Toyota. Anyway, yeah, Toyota's still got a few cars. If you want to buy a car, you can get one there. I still think the uh, the Chevy deal for the uh, what was it, the Sprite, the little bitty car for thirteen grand was probably still the most attractive to me, though. All right, if we open show note I uh, for Nissan Motor Company, and we'll click through the vehicles. And we'll take a look at the car subcategory. We find that they've got a lot of cars. They've got the Nissan Versa for 
15580 which is a good price. You can probably get it for less than that. The center, which is also a nice car for under twenty grand, it's nineteen nine fifty asking price. Altima, again, not out of price range horribly, it's twenty five two ninety. Nissan Leap, which I guess is probably I don't know if that's a crossover or not. And of course Maxima for thirty eight one forty. And I owned a Maxima once, they're nice cars. But I didn't pay $38,140 for it. Uh, so, yeah, there are five separate car models from Nissan. They're still going strong. Uh, now we'll open the next link, which I believe is uh, J. And J will lead us to Honda Motor Company. And let's go to their official website. I'm just opening this. There we go. Honda. And Honda's going to have some cars, you know. They'll have the Civic and the Accord for sure, and I forget what else. They even have a pickup truck now uh, that they're trying to sell. Just waiting for it to come up. Alright, so under the menu for Honda... We can click on Honda Autos, and let's see what that brings us. Okay, clicking around there, I see that they still have the Civic Sedan for $24,650. That price has just gone up incredibly because, you know, Civic Sedan used to be a full ten grand less than what I'm seeing here. They just become so popular. A new one called the Honda Insight, which I haven't even heard of yet, twenty-five seven sixty. The Accord, which I've owned a couple of those, twenty-six five twenty. Uh, as I recall, I paid like eighteen nine or something for my Honda Accord back in the nineties. They were pretty damn expensive even back then. In nineteen ninety-two, I think it was, I bought it. So they've gone up a little bit in the last thirty years. Of course, they have an Accord Hybrid and then the Civic SI Sedan, which I'm not sure what that is. Maybe that's a hybrid as well. And then they have a couple of hatchbacks, which I'll include the Civic Hatchback, which would be attractive to me, uh, you know, for someone that might want to have to haul a, a brand new hot water tank into the house or something. And then a Civic Type A TC, which is a race car for uh, $89,900. So we'll, we'll kind of look over that one. Anyway, the hatchback gets 30 to 38 miles per gallon. Actually, it gets a little better highway mileage than the Civic Sedan does. And the Accord uh, gets the same mileage, just the stock Accord. I like the Accord so much, I'd probably have one. But you know, on their website, uh, they also uh, listed Acura on here, I believe, which is their... I, I didn't even bother to go into to Toyota's... Uh, either Acura or Infiniti, either one of them, because, you know, they're just more expensive models of the same cars. They'll, they'll have cars. So if you want a car, uh, my recommendation still is to buy the Chevrolet, uh, the, the the inexpensive Chevrolet, because I believe it has a very efficient engine in it, and its fuel mileage is probably very comparable to that of a Honda for the price. You save a lot of money. 
And then, of course, we could go to uh, Hyundai and, uh, uh, oh, who's the other one? Uh, I forget who the other car company is from Korea. Uh, Key, I think it is, yeah. And there are several models there that you could buy that are, are, are inexpensive. I'm not going to cover them all. Um, I'm sure Volkswagen still makes a few cars. But uh, let's get on to the next subject, the next couple of subjects, which is uh, terrorism. And uh, they actually have a terrorist organization uh, that's uh, attacking SUVs here in America and electric cars. So let me get ready for that. All right. Sorry about that. Let me uh, go to show note K which is a New York Times article uh, that briefly talks about a terrorist organization that's been running around destroying, burning other people's SUVs because that's all they sell anymore for the most part. And American car manufacturers is uh, SUVs. That's it. And um, SUVs are um, less fuel efficient. They're more expensive. Um, they cost more to buy, and um, but it's what everybody wants to buy. They they all want to buy them. So anyway, there is a group that's running around attacking people's SUVs in America and torching and burning them. I just thought I'd make you aware of that. All right, if we go to uh, the wrap up here. Uh, Item L has a couple links to an Auto Week story and a Washington Post story about solid-state batteries. And, uh, you know, all the electric cars uh, had been built using some form of uh, uh, battery that's like what's in a cell phone, a nickel-cadmium, whatever, you know, battery that can catch fire. And if you charge it too fast and get it too hot, it might catch fire. Or it definitely destroys the battery life. And uh, they've got a rule here in America that you can't sell a car unless you put a brand new battery in it if it's an electric car. So if you buy a car, electric car, just remember you're going to have to put out the 30 grand or whatever it costs, it may be more, to replace the battery in it when you sell that vehicle to buy your next electric car or whatever you're going to buy. And in California, they just passed a law, I believe, that states by, what is it, 2026 sometime, they're going to outlaw gasoline-powered vehicles. So you won't be able to buy a gasoline-powered vehicle in California. that will be all electric. So there's a couple problems with it right now. Uh, and I'll just go down through the list of them that I know of. Uh, they're trying to develop a solid-state battery for all these electric cars, first of all, that won't catch on fire. And you could charge it in 30 minutes or less. And these solid-state batteries are supposed to have more capacity than, than the nickel-cadmiums. Whereas you'll have vehicles that will be able to travel for uh, 500 miles, 600 miles on a charge. Instead of what we currently have, which is a vehicle that would be lucky if you could do 200 miles. I know the Teslas, uh, their range may be a little bit more, but... Uh, Nobody has a solid-state battery yet, so we're waiting on the technology for solid-state batteries, and these two articles cover that and the dangers of it. Uh, 
the other problem is uh, that we don't have the electrical power currently. All of our electrical power is either provided by nuclear or, depending on where you're at, coal or natural gas-fired power plants, and all three are dangerous. We haven't developed fusion yet, and fusion still uh, won't be commercially viable for at least another decade. In fact, they're hoping that by 2026 they'll light the fire on the very first prototype fusion plant that works for real and then they're going to figure out how to make more of them and of course once we figure out how to make mass quantities of electrical energy through fusion that won't hurt the environment then we have to rework the nation's entire electrical infra infrastructure uh, to handle like 20 to 30 times the power that it currently does because everybody's going to have an electrical vehicle they're all going to want to charge them and the wattage that's going to be flying across these lines is going to be out of sight it, they're probably going to have to use uh, technologies that will uh, include um, uh, conductors that are less resistive to electricity superconductor technology and all kinds of things that we haven't seen yet that will come out in the future so realistically we're 20 perhaps 30 years away from actually being able to run a society in electric cars and fusion but it's coming it's coming and um, so we have to rework all that and then we have to consider one other thing um, I don't know how many of you have seen a video but you might want to google on YouTube uh, what happens to a hot dog when you hook it up to 220 volts, three-phase power, four, you know, 440 volts, three-phase power, and watch the hot dog explode? Now, if you've got a family of five or six, and everybody's charging a car, let's say there's four or five cars out in the driveway that have these long black extension cords running out to them from the garage charging, um, you're going to have to have some sort of an inspection system to make sure that they're safe for the people to use because uh, if you don't uh, after you know being used for 10 years a dozen years they might get frayed and three-phase power is what's going to be necessary to charge these new vehicles in the future you could literally lose a, a foot or a leg uh, you could die uh, some kid running a bicycle across a tricycle, uh, one of these power lines, touching it with their foot or hand if it's not properly insulated. So we're going to have to have uh, a whole new form of inspections to check these systems over to make sure that they're safe. I mean, people are going to have to have their homes inspected virtually every year, uh, maybe, m maybe twice a year if you're charging electrical vehicles just to make sure that your system is safe to charge so you don't kill your family with it or neighbors and end up in a huge lawsuit. Uh, the other point I wanted to bring up is while the nation reworks the power lines, the overhead power lines for every neighborhood, for every city because of fusion and the power that it's going to bring, we also have to rework every single house in America with three-phase power because there are almost no homes that have three-phase power today. You have two-phase power, and that's all you've got, which you can split up into two banks of 110 volts, 120 volts, whatever it is, and 240, 
uh, is is two-phase power. You have that in every home in America, but you don't have three-phase power. So every house will have to be rewired, and they'll have to be inspected every year because when you start dealing with three-phase power and that kind of power, you, you run into extreme danger. So it would be my guess that, that they'll probably just put charging stations out on the street that you can drive your car up to and charge them in your residential neighborhood. You know, there might be one in front of every house, and you're just going to have to take turns charging from that one station. And that's probably the way they're going to do it, because I can't see them rewiring every house in North America for three-phase power. It's not going to happen. Unless they provide these people with an option of charging these new vehicles at 110 volts, in which case, if you're going to have a five or 600-mile range in a car, I guess you better be planning on having that thing plugged in at 110 volts for 18 hours or something, you know, because power is power. Even if you've got a solid-state battery, it's going to take a very long time to put the energy necessary to make a vehicle move down the highway 500 miles before it runs out of power. So there, there's a lot of caveats with electric vehicles. There's also caveats with these hydrogen-powered fuel cell vehicles and that hydrogen is very explosive. If you have a leak on any one of these vehicles, it will blow your house away. It's like propane. I've had neighbors have propane tanks explode, and it'll literally blow huge Ford farm tractors up in the top of oak trees. You know, 3,000-pound farm tractors and pickup trucks will be blown into the air and lodged into the top of oak trees that they have to take down with cranes after they put the fire out, all the residents killed, of course, because there's no surviving something like that. And so there's there's a huge danger with hydrogen-powered vehicles in that regard because hydrogen is much more explosive than propane is today. And propane tanks are what they use to clear heliport pads in Vietnam. You know, they drop a propane tank in with a parachute and a detonator, and it would make a big circle after it exploded of, It'd burn all the trees and vegetations up so they could land the helicopters in there. You know, they'd drop six, seven of these tanks in with a C-130 and set them off. And the next day they could land helicopters at this site. So, yeah, that's very expensive uh, and, and, and very dangerous stuff compared to gasoline. It's too bad that we can't make a gasoline fuel that we could just use in our conventional combustible vehicles that would not put out CO2 in the air. You know, it's too bad we can't do that. Or find a way to make uh, hydrogen fuel less explosive. You know, I know they're working on technology to try to to make the hydrogen gas leak out of tanks slowly, but none of that's ever happened. None of that development has ever gone forth because they, they push forward with electric cars, so... And, of course, the other problem with electric cars that I see, like especially with the Teslas, is that uh, you may buy the vehicle, but if you get um, uh, auto navigation where the car steers itself, you know, drives itself down the freeway, that is a rent-to-use option. You know, you don't actually buy that. You, you pay for it just like you would uh, a service to your Google Chrome browser. You, know, you pay so much a year for it, and when you quit paying for it, they just, sn- they just turn it off in the vehicle. You know, it, it, it's not there permanently. For instance, I understand 
the electric heated seats and a Tesla are optional. The, the heaters are there. You just can't use them unless you pay them the money. In other words, it's a rent-to-own type deal. And I'm personally kind of turned off by that. I don't like it. I, I don't like what they're doing with cars. They're, they're turning them into uh, rent homes, you know, apartments, basically, where you don't actually own a vehicle. You're just renting it. That sucks. It does. I mean, it's... it's um, uh, the, the problems that you can run into that. Anyway, that pretty much concludes this podcast uh, with the conclusion that you're not going to have to worry about complaining about your car in the future because cars are going away. In fact, they've, they've already gone away uh, in several of the motor companies and, and uh, even the SUVs will be going away. Um, I believe there are quite a few Teslas that are four-wheel drive. You know, they have a motor in each axle or maybe each wheel. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the idea of cars is just going away. I mean, we, we've had decades of beautiful cars. Uh, like, I still remember my dad's 1960 Chevrolet wagon with the crank up and down rear window. And the sideways seating we had in the back as, as kids. It was awesome. All that's going away. Even the concept of owning a, a big Chevy or Dodge van, you know, a party van, is going away. Uh, the only place you can buy a, like a, a, a Chrysler minivan is Chrysler now. Dodge doesn't even make one. I don't remember if I saw one on Chevy's site, but I don't think that Chevy has a van anymore, and I don't think Ford does anymore either. They used to, but, you know, now you've got the Honda Odyssey. You've got... Uh, Nissan's got one. Toyota's got one. They all have these minivans. Um, and um, like a Chrysler minivan, I believe, starts in the low 30s somewhere for the all-gasoline-powered version. For me personally, uh, I won't even think about buying an electric car until another decade has gone past. And they solve some of these problems because uh, when they get the solid-state battery, you won't have a need to replace it anymore. You shouldn't be able to wear that one out and you can charge it rapidly for a much longer range to where it becomes practical and uh, and will beat a gasoline powered vehicle but until it beats that gasoline powered vehicle I I just won't own one so anyway I've had fun I hope you enjoy it and that concludes this Hacker Public Radio broadcast thank you you have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, you can click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons attribution. 4.0 international license.